0: One, two, one, two, three, four. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Sales Hacker Podcast. It's your host, Sam Jacobs. We've got uh, another great episode. They're all great episodes. We've got another great episode coming for you this week. This is the second of three interviews that we conducted while we were on a boat for the Revenue Collective Executive Offsite. I believe the date was July 18th. And this one's with Latney Conant, and she's the chief marketing officer of Six Sense. Six Sense is an account-based marketing orchestration platform, and uh, and also one of the leaders in intent data. And if you're not familiar with intent data, it's it's likely one of the hotter categories in marketing right now. And Latney's gonna talk to us about not just being an inbound lead, but when is, when is somebody in market? When can you reach out to a prospect not necessarily because they've raised their hand to talk to your company, but because you have indications and signals that they have begun to research or, or look for your solution perhaps without even telling you. And so I think it's a a really fascinating conversation. I know that Sixth Sense is working on some really interesting solutions. So I think you should listen. Now, we wanna thank our sponsors before we get there. We have two sponsors. The first is Lucidchart. Lucidchart's sales solution is the leading account planning platform for modern sales organizations. With Lucidchart, you can visually map out key contacts and crucial account data to uncover critical insights that will allow you to close bigger deals faster. Go to lucidchart.com for, uh, forward slash sales for more information. That's Lucidchart Sales Solution. They're doing great stuff. Our second sponsor is Outreach. That's outreach.io, the leading sales engagement platform. Outreach supports sales reps by enabling them to humanize communications at scale. From automoting the soul-sucking manual work that eats up selling time to providing action-oriented tips on what communications are working best Outreach has your back. Now, without further ado, let's listen to this interview with fellow University of Virginia alum Latney Conant. So I want to introduce fellow University of Virginia alumni. Uh Wahoo wah. Go who's Latney Conant. Did I pronounce the last name right? Yes. Chief Marketing Officer of Sixth Cents. Now I'm gonna read you Latney's bio. She's passionate about empowering marketing leaders with effective technology, predictive insights, and thought leadership so they can confidently lead their teams, company, and industry into the future. As a recovering software saleswoman, she is a keenly focused on leveraging data to ensure marketing programs result in deals, not just leads, the death of the MQL. Maybe we'll talk about that. Prior Wait, to I Six Sense... I she was the CMO of and a sales leader at Aperio. She was instrumental in aligning sales and marketing under a consistent and relevant message, resulting in increased bookings, average deal size, and improved win rates. She's creative, charismatic, and competitive. Uh, her high-energy, positive attitude and sense of humor are contagious, and she's a great partner, customer, audience member, or employee.
1: Someone else clearly wrote that yes. for
0: me. I hope you did write that. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I that sound you're... way better than I am. Yeah, no, you're great. All right. <laughs> First, so welcome. So first of all, Latney, you're Chief Marketing Officer of Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense uh, is sort of an up and coming company, I think, in the sense that you're breaking through, you're delivering something really, really special, and you're part of this new movement, which is both around ABM and Intaint Data. So tell us what is Sixth Sense in your words.
1: Yeah, so the reason I joined Sixth Sense, and it's been about 10 months now, is because I actually tried to run ABM. ABM's a big deal who's heard of ABM? Yeah, you'd have For to be those under there. a rock. But it's account based marketing. But it applies to how many people are in sales here? It applies to you too. So I'm glad that you're here. We're going to talk a lot about how it applies to you too. But we attempted an ABM program. It was a lot of work. And guess what? It didn't really pay off because it didn't scale. And If I come to you and say, I'm going to run ABM and I'm going to spend most of my marketing resources on ABM and here's the 50 accounts, good luck to everybody else. How's that going to go over, Alex? Not very well, well, right? Alex
0: is a person in the audience if you're listening on the podcast.
1: And so the, the critical aspect of ABM is being able to use AI and big data and orchestration capabilities to actually do ABM at scale. And what I loved about Sixth Sense that no one else offered was the ability to actually predict for timing. So one of the things that came up on the last discussion is John talked about inbound. And everyone got really excited about inbound. Well, I don't think about inbound. I think about in market. Because actually, in my platform, before somebody inbounds, I can see that they're in market. I can see that they have all of the right signs to be a great deal. I know they're researching. I know they're researching my competitors. Maybe they haven't come to me. And so I think about in-market as the new inbound, because that is my commercial opportunity right now. And that is what I have to partner with sales to capture.
0: So, what is that? How do you know that stuff? That sounds intriguing.
1: It is. We have a lot of data scientists, so hire the higher platform, we definitely have to keep hiring. But essentially what we do is, at the core of our platform is AI and big data. And we have brought in all of these third party data providers, but we also work with all these B2B publishing houses. So John talked about getting your content out and people doing research. Well, people are out researching on these B2B publications, and you need to know that research you need to know what they're doing. You need to know the sites that they're looking at, because they're not coming to your website, and they're not raising their hand right now. And if they do, it's a Mickey Mouse lead. We've all gotten the Mickey Mouse leads.
0: What is a Mickey Mouse lead?
1: When someone fills out a form, and they put like, at AOL, or Mickey Mouse, or Ted Turner. right? Because they, they know that what happens is when you go and fill out a form, marketing is like, yay, we got a lead. And then we spam the hell out of them. We send them to what I call Unsubscribe Island. And then we buy software to deem things MQLs. And then we have a big dashboard that's flaming red saying sales didn't follow up with these leads. (laughs) Not to rat out my people, but.
0: (laughs) That is what happens.
1: That is basically what happens. And it's because we don't have these pre-pipeline metrics. Like, you guys are measuring a pipeline. That starts at opportunity, and that's in CRM. And think about how many things aren't in CRM about a deal that you would like to know. Now imagine me. I've got nothing. I've got a bunch of anonymous research on the web that is happening, and I know people need my solution, but I have no visibility into it. And that's what Sixth Sense gives me. So we talk about the dark funnel. So all of that that I just described, that's your dark funnel. And what we're able to do is uncover that And we uncover it in a unique way in that you know exactly what stage these accounts are in. And that's because we're not just looking at a person. A lead, and the systems that marketing uses today are set up for a lead, which is one person. How pissed do you get at your reps when they're only talking to one person? What's that called? A single-threaded deal, right? We talk about it all the time. What are you doing, dude? You got to get broader. So why would I think it's okay to tee up a quote unquote lead, which is one contact and one person? So what Sixth Sense does is it takes all of the buying team and tells you who are the most important people. It looks at their research to say where they are in that journey and allows me as marketing to do the right things at the right time so I can tee up those in-market accounts for my friends in sales.
0: Well, that was an incredible explanation.
1: So, anyway, I probably need a better <laughs> elevator pitch.
0: No, it's okay. I'm excited about it. You, so, it's just
1: the passion, really.
0: Well, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> and it's, an, it's this. So, you, you've talked about, you've said that ABM doesn't scale. Why do you think ABM doesn't scale? And, and, you know, yes, we need to use a platform like Sixth Sense or something, you know, or Sixth Sense specifically. But when you talk about account based marketing, first of all, how do you define it? And walk us through why you think it's not currently working.
1: Okay, so I just walked you through the typical marketing flow, right? So, ABM, all these analysts came in and said, "Well, this isn't right. We should do it different." And my simplifier view of ABM is one, you pick the best accounts. So, you pick people that look like other ones that you've sold to, that have the right, you know, install that you can actually sell to, right company size, so you you pick the best accounts. You actually know something about them, like what they're interested in and what their timing is and who the buying team is. You engage the right way, which is not forms, spam, and cold calls. You collaborate with sales. And you track real stuff. So it's five what seemingly pretty basic stuff. And you're probably like, why the F haven't you guys not been doing that all along? But if you take each one of those, they're fraught with issues and a lack of, like, insights and orchestration, and so there's tons of breakdown. So even picking the right accounts or selecting the best accounts, who feels like they have a strong ICP? Do you, that's an, you want to go? It's your podcast. Ideal
0: customer profile. <laughs> I think we know what ICP, hopefully, but anyway, okay. Nobody raised their hand, podcast listeners. Andrea a few, a
1: few. It, it, Well, that can be a whole, I mean, you could need a whole team of data scientists and workshops, and there can be a lot of debate about, you know, no, Slovakia is a great market for us, right? Well, just having a strong ICP is absolutely critical. And that takes a lot of, I think, real insights, not opinions to have a strong ICP. So that alone is something that we provide with AI and big data by looking at what's worked for you in the past and what opportunities have opened before. Then you then you go to know about them. Well, 90% of B2B buying is done before they come to your website. And when they do come to your website, they don't fill out a form. And they're out researching. So, you know, all you do is write a couple blogs and you've got like a great marketing strategy. Um, <laughs> I'm making fun of someone in the room. <laughs> anyway. Um,
0: that, that's for the podcast. That's for the, that's
1: podcast. For the podcast. Anyway, so, um, so I need to know what they're interested in. I need to know the sites that they're going to, I need to know the ebooks that they just read. I need to know basics, like technographic, firmographic, so I can segment the right way. And so Sixth Sense provides all of that. When most marketers are have, like only 12% of marketers are confident in their data. So just having that is super basic and important and part of what the plat, a platform gives you. Then you think about engaging the right way and unpacking that. I mean, there's a nurture track. So we have you ever heard marketing talk about a nurture track? Of course. Okay, that's just like a lot of emails, basically, typically. (laughs) That's a fancy way of saying a lot of emails. And so what we have to be able to do is look at their stage and, based on their stage, do something different. Like, if they're early on, the message that I give them is going to be different than if they're later. And the tactic that I use is going to be different. It might be more appropriate to do direct mail. It might be more appropriate to do display. We talked a lot about BDRs or SDRs. When should they call? Like, I want them calling in a certain pocket. And when do you want them to call? I want them calling within 24 hours of an account moving in market. So just like I have a five-minute SLA on inbound, I have a 24-hour SLA on in market. And then their cadence is based on keywords that we know have been researched, because we can see it, and those are all built, as well as the time their timing.
0: And so in-market, meaning they're searching for some category or a list of keywords, and that populates, and then you the SDRs know it, and then they call.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we've defined, and, and in-market for us is not just any account in-market, because how many times have you gotten a, a hot lead with an account that's like five people, and you're like, OK, they can never afford our stuff? So I, I talk about my in-market ICP, so making sure it's an ideal customer profile, but they're also in-market.
0: So one of the things that that you've talked about, it's the title of the session, your prospect experience stinks. Walk us through what you mean by that.
1: Well, you know, I talked about it a little bit earlier, like the because of the infrastructure that typical marketing and, and sales teams have, it's kind of a Frankenstack. And on the marketing side, it's all built for that lead. And so what we have to do is the only way to capture a lead is to have a form. And so, but what we learned earlier is the best way to drive inbound is to like, let your content go and have people consume it and have it go viral. And so that's like at enemy and odds with how we actually get and capture leads. So that's the first problem. The second problem is, you know, we build those nurture tracks and we just spam the hell out of it, out of people. And then the third problem is I just took over the BDR team and, you know, I don't have an I think they should call and, and we do call, but I don't want them calling random people at random times. Like, that's a poor use of their time, A, and it's super demotivating. I mean, these are our future salespeople. I need to give them every opportunity to succeed. And how many times do you answer the phone?
0: I generally answer the phone.
1: Do you do that just because you used to be a BDR?
0: Well, I'm a salesperson and I feel bad for bad. the people that are calling.
1: Yeah. <laughs> BDRs, please call Sam Jacobs.
0: Especially with local presence. 917? (laughs) Maybe I won something.
1: (laughs) Anyway, so not only does it suck for all of us, because we know it's ineffective, but it really sucks for the actual prospect. And so breaking out of the noise to me is about thinking about how we reimagine that using insights and being a lot more intelligent about how we get in the prospects flow and provide help like that's that's why Dasha and I it, Dasha is an AE at 6sense and we were talking on the way here and she's a very successful AE she said I just want to help like Each and every one of us, I think, fundamentally went into sales because it is lucrative. Um, But it's also (laughs) really nice to feel like an expert, and you're helping people through. And that's the process we have to take a prospect through. And in order to provide help, you prep. You prep the hell out of a meeting. So I need to be able to have those insights so I can prep and do the right outreach based on the insights.
0: So it sounds to me, are you a proponent of removing gates uh, on the website, removing gated content, giving all of the insights away for free. Are you advocating for removing maybe every form but the request demo form?
1: I'm no forms, no spam, no cold calls. And so no forms is the only use of a form for us is if you are registering like for an event or, or something like that or if we're giving you something in return. So like, for example, we have an uncover now. So the dark funnel that I talked about earlier, if anybody wants to go and uncover their dark funnel, you can go to our website, put in your information. We have to get your keywords, and then we have to set up an instance. So we need a form to contact you to set up the instance. So that would be an example of a good use of a form. Another good use of a form is we are rolling out an ROI calculator. And so we're getting data in, we're developing the ROI analysis, and we need someone to send it back to. So those, to me, are good uses of a for, of form, and obviously a demo request. But other than that, yeah, content goes, goes free.
0: Are you still investing in content?
1: Oh, yeah, big time, big time. We're doing some cool stuff. We're really video-focused, and being able to take a video format and then turn like 20 or 35 pieces of derivative content out of it, which is kind of fun.
0: And so where do you put the video? How are you using it?
1: Well, we have Vidyard, and we have Content Hubs. And then we try to make them all like, I think the salespeople are getting bored right now. Oh, so.
0: We all want to know how to make money, Latne. Oh,
1: okay, okay. Um, So what we've tried to do is take long-form video. Because most people don't want to write. And they sort of have writer's block when you ask them to write a blog or whatever. But most content people are somewhat junior and don't know the product. And they end up writing just like me stuff. So our approach is we get as many of our experts and customers on video long form we then make it all snack size and chapterable and cut up in little pieces we also transcribe it all so it's awesome for search we make a bunch of social tiles and we're, it's able to be like used in commercial teaching and our cadences as well as like in like in a meeting if alex is talking about a certain use case they don't want to hear alex go through the slide about you know, PTC in the use case, they want to hear PTC on video saying, this is how we use six sense in our BDRs, blah, 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 blah. So trying to make it very easy to mix and match where you need to put stuff.
0: One of the, um, you know, metrics and incentives are always important. And you talked about, you know, not uh, a focus on revenue, not MQL. So what are the mechanisms as, as a CMO that you use to drive alignment between marketing and sales so that you can get where you need to go and drive revenue? Is it, is it as simple as incentives? Are you comped on pipeline generation? Are you comped on closed deals? How do you think about sales and marketing alignment?
1: Yeah, so we are not yet. But that is, I'm very, uh, I'm pushing the team very hard to get there. The reason that we're not yet is, when I came in 10 months ago, we I brought over my revenue ops guy. And the data is just we didn't have good data before. And so it's not fair to comp a team on targets and stuff that you don't feel super confident about based on historical win rates and things like that. But eventually, what we go to is um, pipe created. And again, depending on the sophistication of the data and kind of where we're focused, it's either just total pipe or it can be, you know, marketing and BDR pipe, things like that. So typically my team ends up having a quota and it's quarterly and then they can share in hopefully all of our success.
0: And what percent of pipe, of total pipe is marketing expected to contribute versus either the reps prospecting themselves or outbound SDRs or and do you own the entire BDR function?
1: I do now, as of a couple months ago. So, you know, I think it depends on how mature your content and your inbound and I I don't think there's like a magic number, you know, for us, if you look at the history of 6sense, we've we invested heavily in sales first, which is awesome. We have the best, I think, sales team in the industry, and then later have invested in marketing and BDR. So, for us it's like 70/30. 70% being marketing and BDRs and it's about 20% inbound but I that's like my number one priority is to get inbound up over the next, you know, couple quarters. So every quarter we're trying to double that basically.
0: What are the big initiatives that you're doing on the marketing side to drive like top of the funnel awareness just in terms of tactics that you're seeing are very effective for the people in the room?
1: Um yes someone in the audience said using six sense which absolutely um absolutely using six sense so but so we use six sense and we do a lot of display around those stages that I talked about we also launched a talk show called Talking Sense, which has been a great way to get industry leaders and experts uh, sharing their stories and their content and just kind of involved in in our movement. Uh, so that's been a, a really, really successful program for us. And then we actually Summit Sync, I believe, is a member of the Revenue Collective. And I yes. think I think they're here.
0: Alice here. Al yeah. Torres.
1: Yeah. And, you know. For us, um, industry, because ABM is kind of a confusing term and a little bit of a buzzword, there's just a lot of educating that we have to do on what is ABM and what isn't ABM. And so we are at a lot of trade shows. And so making sure that we get the most out of those is a big objective of mine. So I had a good, we use Summit Sync to make sure that all of our meetings are pre booked and followed up and that we're really eking every last drop out of those type of investments. And then we are now doing, the BDRs are starting to do custom videos, which is really fun, and I think a a kind of a unique way to personalize cadences. And so we're trying to lead with some sort of highly personalized video about the platform, or hey, we see you are researching this. It's kind of like using our spyware, which people like. Um, So just those are a few things. Alice, we just bought Alice, which is a direct gifting um, platform. Uh, so we're excited about that, too.
0: Awesome. Questions in the audience? Heather.
1: Hi, I'm Heather. If <laughs> Hi, Heather. <laughs> Marketing. Um, if... I like your purse, by the Thank way. It's very you. cute. So if you've ungated all of this content, I'm just wondering if you're doing any type of lead scoring? So um, basically, what Six Sense does is Six Sense does all of our scoring. So Six Sense scores the contact and the quality of that contact based on previous experience. Um, so we have a persona map that the AI tells us which personas are most important to us historically over time. Six cents scores if the account is even a good fit for us to sell to at all Six cents then scores the intent and you know how much it's surging and then six cents scores You know the kind of the relationship of the people and the, how engaged they are and that rolls up into what we call a six QA So no behavioral just demographic. No, it's all behavioral because the AI is looking at what those people are doing to give me a score
0: Andrea. Hi,
1: I'm um, Andrea. I'm the CMO of Service of Restaurant Technology. Uh, 50% of our bookings are inbound. Um, I think my CEO would like that to be like 100%. Um, mm-hmm. On my way there, one of my questions about Sixth Sense is, uh, of the 50% of our bookings coming inbound, 100% of that is from one search term. That's restaurant POS. How does Sixth Sense know about search intent for other products that are nascent? Like insights. That, that's not a search thing. So like, what would Sixth Sense
0: be able to identify for
1: us to get in front of a buyer who we think needs that? Yeah, so one of the things, uh, so when I um, when I started, I said, and I think maybe why I got the job, I don't know, is I said I was going to be the most pain in the ass customer for Six Sense. <laughs> um, and so when I started, we sort of redeployed our own instance of Sixth Sense, and I had the whole customer success team like helping me through it. And we actually have a consultant and best practices on how to set up all of your keywords to make sure you pick up the right amount of signal without noise. And so, and there's two types of keywords. There's branded keywords, which would be like, like for me, like top, the more the topical, like you describe, or generic keywords, like you, like uh, the ones you described. And then there's branded. So like, who are your competitors, things like that. And you can even like, you can even put in like content terms that you know that they would go and search. Or are there trade shows that you know that they go to that, re- re- you know, are, are relevant in your industry? So we sort of consult you through to make sure you get you pick up a good amount of signal.
0: One last question. I'll give you one last question. Campaigns attribution. So <laughs> there's there's a lot of <laughs> discussion debate. I'll lead the witness, sort of so to speak, but. Okay. I, I don't really believe in first touch attribution versus last touch attribution. I believe that like it's all sort of a part of a comprehensive effort by the sales and marketing organization in conjunction with each other to generate you know awareness, interest, decision, and action. So to generate the opportunity. What do you think? Are you still... Because I, I find that last touch versus first touch just doesn't make a lot of sense given how people actually uh, ingest experiences and content and ideas. What do you think?
1: I mean, I think that as a CMO, you have to be pragmatic about how uh, the whole notion of attribution is to help us prioritize our spend and our investment to get the very, very most out of, out of it. And so it's not about credit. It's about how we prioritize spend. And so what I think about is a few things. I, I think about that pipeline funnel that I described and what are my strategies for each aspect of that pre-pipeline funnel and then I look at how they're converting to see how effective I'm I am with those strategies. I also think a lot about the timing of the investment and I think that's where sometimes marketing and sales can have challenges because some of the bets that I'm making are not gonna come to fruition this quarter. In fact, they probably aren't. You know, Things that I'm doing now are not gonna probably take effect for six months, maybe even a year, because you know those are the type of things that I have to do. So it's just being able to have uh, a good relationship with your executive team so they understand how you're prioritizing your spend and when you think it's gonna pay off and why you think it's gonna pay off in that way. I still do attribution though. I do basically last touch. And I just want to look at my three channels. I want to look at inbound, outbound, and field, because those are big program spend. And I want to be able to know if the serious decisions event, which is a big chunk of money, How do we do? How many customers do we talk to? How many meetings do we get booked before that? How does that compare to last year? And if you don't start tracking the stuff, then you have no type of trend analysis to know, am I getting what I need to out of this money? And that also allows to have a better conversation with the AEs to say, here is your budget, Alex. We can spend it a lot of different ways. Here is what I recommend based on what we saw last time from the direct mailbox campaign, given where you are with your territory. And if you don't have anything, you have no frame of reference.
0: Makes a lot of sense. Latney, thanks so much. If people want to reach out to you, if they want to contact you, if they want to become customers of Sixth Sense, uh, what's the preferred method of communication?
1: Yeah. Hit me on LinkedIn. I'm also Conant at Sixth Sense. How do we um, spell
0: that for the people out there in the world?
1: L a t a n e dot c o n a n t at six cents. It's such an easy name. I don't understand why you wanted me to spell that.
0: <laughs> it's, it's the last it's name. Sam that I had <laughs> it's Sam Jacobs. That's true. It's just as beautiful. Uh, Ladney, thanks so much for being here. Let's give a round of applause. Hey, everybody, it's Sam Jacobs. This is Sam's Corner. I hope you like the interview with Latney Conant on the boat. There was some, uh, you know, very conversational in that interview, but I think so many important takeaways. It was one of my actually, one of my favorite conversations from that day on the boat because I think this category of intent data is so important. So if you're a marketer out there or just a salesperson, you got to understand that there's this whole new world emerging around intent data, which is companies searching for and buyers searching for your solution, or beginning to go in market, beginning to express through you know search engines and through their digital footprints and digital traces that they are exploring a solution. And what better time to reach out to a company when you finally figure it out that they are actually in market? It may be before they've raised their hand and filled out a lead form, but it still might be the perfect opportunity to reach out. And so this concept of being in market versus simply being an inbound lead, I think is really interesting. The second thing that's really interesting, in my opinion, is this movement away, you know, a couple years ago, maybe you know when i was at livestream potentially an incredible marketer amber van mosner taught me about you know this concept of turkey uh, turkey dinner content big rack content which is basically you create one massive piece of content and then from there you cut off small pieces of it and those find their way into your social posts into your blog posts etc so that it can live forever like a turkey dinner uh, after thanksgiving But the key to that has always been gated content, that you go to a website, you fill out, you you enter your email address, and that's what gives you the access to the white paper or to the research report. And what we're seeing now is that more and more people are talking about just ungating content and giving away content for free and stop trying to grab people's email addresses so transactionally, but instead just demonstrate your thought leadership expertise as, as an organization, as a marketing organization or sales organization over time such that eventually they find the place where they can request a demo and directly request a conversation with the salesperson. So we're moving completely away from this old world of like anybody can come to the website, they fill out an email address, hopefully that email address matches an ICP, ideal customer profile, and then I get, I reach out to them, I schedule a meeting and it's productive use of all of our time. Now we're moving to a world where we're, we're, we're gonna look at, that we've decided who the people that we wanna sell to are. They're gonna express themselves by being in market. I'm gonna give them free content to push them into market but once they once I know that they're in market I'm going to use platforms like Sixth Sense to reach out to them totally different world and if you're not following the marketing space closely it's gonna pass you by so it's important to stay connected here So that's been Sam's Corner. We want to thank our sponsors before we go. Our first sponsor is Lucid Chart Sales Solution, the leading account planning platform for modern sales organizations. And our second sponsor is Outreach.io, the leading sales engagement platform. If you want to reach out to me, you can. LinkedIn.com forward slash the word in and then forward slash Sam F. Jacobs. If you haven't rated our show, please give it five stars on iTunes. And I will talk to you next time.